thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's great to see all of you. I thought that Nathan Dorinsky did a great job last week. Can you give Nathan a big hand? So awesome for those of you that were here. And... Um, we're in this series that we're calling The Future is Radiant, and let me just kind of give you a little bit of a, a window of where we're at. Um, as a church, uh, we were, for the first few years, at Overland Trail Middle School, and um, then uh, we went through that pandemic season together where we were online, and then um, we've gathered here at Fiorella's, and the Lord has been so faithful to us to provide this space for us, and uh, we're excited about... Uh, just the future in terms of the, the Lord's work here. And we've seen so many people come to know Jesus here, and we've seen um, God do great things here. Uh, we've had uh, events here, and it's, it's awesome. It's a great space for us. And in addition to that, just as a church, we're believing God uh, for a permanent space. And so we don't know where that is yet or what that looks like just yet. Um, but we felt like the Lord was encouraging us to take a step of faith uh, to believe God and step out uh, for a permanent space. And so we're beginning the process of just not only praying, but also uh, beginning to dream and to begin to prepare financially for what God might have for us. And so, uh, and so we've begun 21 days of prayer, and we're now in uh, the 15th day or so, where we're asking uh, each one to pray about what part you could play in being a part of this miracle. And so I had in a moment where I was sitting at a coffee shop and wrote in my prayer journal, uh, a moment where I sensed like the Lord uh, put on my heart that he had a miracle building for us. And I don't know what that uh, place is yet. I don't know if it's a plot of land or if it's a place that we'll purchase and renovate or I, I don't know what it looks like yet. Um, but I do believe that the Lord uh, is taking care of us. He's taking care of us as a church every step of the way and that we've got a place that he has for us. And so we're inviting everybody to just jump all in on a uh, initiative that we're calling The Future is Radiant. So we called this series uh, uh, The Future is Radiant, but we'll be for 24 months um, in an initiative where we're asking the Lord to open up doors and, and really it's to accelerate just believing God uh, that he's got a place for us. And so uh, for 21 days, we've been praying and just asking the Lord uh, to speak to each one and just to uh, ask God to, to help you see what part he might invite you to play in being a part of this. And so your family might be like mine, where we took some time and sat uh, and had just a family meeting and began to talk about what the Lord was putting on each one of our kids' hearts and what was on Renata and mine. And and began to just pray because this is a significant moment in the life of our church. And I believe it's the prep work uh, to see more miracles. And so I'm excited and elated. For me personally, I think it's one of the exciting times as a church where God's provided each step of the way. And it's one of the fun things of going on the journey with Jesus is that the Lord just keeps on providing supernaturally. And so we're going on that journey together. And next Sunday uh, will be the conclusion of 21 days uh, of prayer. And we're going to invite each one of you to just to give your yes. So I want to encourage you not to commit to something 
um, other than what God puts on your heart. But I do want to ask that we're 100% of a church asking God. I want to just 100% commitment to everybody prays, everybody asks, and I believe that uh, the Lord, um, he's the one that's faithful and he's the one that will do it. And if we get 100% prayer and 100% obedient, I guarantee you we'll see doors fling open. Uh, And so I'm believing God for that. So next Sunday is a big Sunday for our church um, as that will be the moment where we commit to that together. And so um, we're in a series where we've been kind of pulling out just the depth, just looking at some of the stories in, in the life of Joshua. And Joshua was a leader that led people in walking by faith. This is a season where we're walking by faith in a supernatural way. And so we began um, talking about the future is promising. Uh, sorry, that's today. Messed that up. Uh, we start off with a punchline gone. Today, Forget the past. Today, the future is, is promising. Uh, last week, Nathan talked about the future is purposeful. The week before that, I talked about the future is pioneering. Um, and next week, the future is not perfect. I don't know. Uh, no, it, I, I got it planned. The future is planned. Um, but I want to go after this idea of the promises of God on your life. And in addition to the promises of God on your life, I want to talk about the, few, the promises of God on our church. Um, and so if you have your Bibles, uh, let's continue in Joshua uh, a few weeks ago, we went um, Numbers 13 and 14. Last week, we were here in Joshua. We're going to hang out here, marinate a little bit longer in Joshua 1. I'm going to read a long text, um, and it's, it's God speaking to Joshua just before uh, this story of going into the promised land. And it's, it's a story that I believe is prophetic in terms of what I'm believing God for us. So Joshua chapter one, if you have your Bibles, let's go. Verse one, it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Which that's the second time that we see that promise. That's a promise that we read about in Numbers 13. I will give you every place you set your foot. There's a promise. I will give you every place you set your foot. That is a promise. And then he says, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. There's another promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you, another promise. And then here's the command in light of that, following on the heels of the promises, so be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors and to give to them. So it comes around again. Be strong and very courageous. Be, very, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meaning speaking of it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. There's another P word right there. Come on, what's up? Somebody said amen. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we ask, Lord God, that we would be a people that hold on to the promises of God. 
We ask, Lord, that's what is in your heart we would hold on to. I pray that we too would meditate on the promises. I pray that we would step into the fullness of what you have for us. I thank you, Lord God, that you are unchanging. And as you were faithful in Joshua 1, you're faithful today. We thank you that you're doing miracles today. We thank you that you keep your promises today. We love you. We honor you. And all of Radiant said, amen. Amen. Have you ever received a gift that was something that you needed, but it was a little bit painful to receive? Uh, I mean, it was something that clearly the giver, the person who gave it to you, saw something in you that you needed and you received it, but it wasn't a feel-good moment. It was a little bit of a challenging moment. That's what I think is going on right here. I think there's a little bit of a moment where it's possible that Joshua is a little bit discouraged. I think that there is this strong statement of go into the land. I want to invite you, call you, tell you, command you to lead, to obey, be of good courage. And he actually says in verse nine, don't be discouraged. And three times we read right here, three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Why? Because there's this big thing I need you to do. And it's quite possible that Joshua looks at what's in front of him and this call of God. <laughs> it's, it's possible that the reason why there's the statement from God, don't be discouraged, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, because Joshua could have just been a bit discouraged. I had a friend of mine recently, we were seated at lunch. I was expecting it to be just a normal lunch, connecting with a a buddy of mine. He's a little bit older than I am and a little bit wiser. And, uh, And he slipped a gift right across the table. And I thought, this is a good day. This is awesome. I just, I'm receiving a gift from a friend. This, uh, this is going to be helpful. And I open up the gift only to open up an electric pair of nose clippers. And uh, I smiled just kind of like, what was this, brother? What's this? And he said, David, I'm your friend. You need this. <laughs> and that's a moment where I, uh, I was grateful, but it was a little bit painful. And I think for Joshua right here, there is so much sacrifice forthcoming. There is so much laying down of your flesh. There is so much that God wanted to do for him. I just read this text and I read about God wanting to be so clear. Don't be discouraged. Three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And we read these promises, these promises that are really coming out of, hey, As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Hey, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Hey, you got these promises strong. In order to do what I've called you to do, you got to know I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you. Don't be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I mean, it's a strong statement going into a big moment. I think we as a church, I think we're at a big moment. I think we're at a moment where it would be easy to just live on cruise control. I think it'd be easy, if I were Joshua, I think it'd be easy to be a little bit discouraged and say, all right, listen, there was a day we were on the brink of the promised land 40 years ago. I was a little bit younger. And uh, 40 years ago, I said, we should go take the land. They said, those 10 other spies, that that we look like grasshoppers, but I was ready to go. It's a little, I mean, uh, now, what? Or, hold on a second. 
You want me to go lead these people? You may step into the shoes of Moses, Moses' dad. You, do you realize what a great leader Moses was? Moses was someone that talked to God. I mean, Moses was the one that led these people out of Egypt, signs and wonders. And I mean, the 10 plagues. Moses, Moses, I mean, Moses was the one who held up the staff, the Red Sea. I'm his understudy. I'm second string. I mean, how would you like it today if I said, hey, guess what, everybody? We are not going to trust Patrick today. No Mahomes for you. Let's go. It's Chad Henney now. It's Chad Henney time. Y'all be like, what? No, it's Mahomes time, right? I mean, that's where Joshua is. It's a little bit different, but you know, like, it's like, come on, I'm going to lead these people. These people love Moses. I don't know. I just think about even the challenge of of 1.2 million people is about what most biblical scholars guess, about 1.2 million people dying in the wilderness. It's not been an easy journey. Maybe around 80 people a day that have died. It's quite possible that Moses was, or that Joshua was a little bit discouraged. It's quite possible that he's like, listen, when I look at the past, there was a day where I was ready to go. And now, 40 years later, I'm going to lead these people. I mean, Moses is dead. He's our guy. I'm going to lead these people. We've had a whole lot of hardship along the way. This has not necessarily been an easy journey. Awesome one, sovereign one, God at work. We've seen miracles. I mean, manna from heaven and water from a rock. And it's been miraculous, but challenging too. And I think that many of us could easily say, God, you want me to go on this next journey? I mean, I'm a part of Radiant Church, but God, I've, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. I'm not sure. I, I did this 40 years ago. <laughs> I did this 10 years ago. I, I, God, I led the youth group back in the 80s. You know, like something. I, 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 I've, I, I've already done prayer and fasting. I've already. But I want to invite you to ask God what God's inviting you today in this season. I want to invite you to Ask the Lord what it looks like for you to hold on to the promises of God, to be strong and courageous in whatever age, season, decade of life that you're in right now. And I believe that we're headed into a time where we're going to see God work supernaturally, just like Joshua saw God work supernaturally. I believe we're headed in, into a time where we're going to hold on to God's promises. And when we, when we hold on to these promises, we can persevere through any pain, through any trial, through any difficulty, and hold on and watch God be at work. So I was just looking at this, and my hope is that you see a few things about who God is. The first is, before we read about God being a, a promise keeper, I want you to see that God is a promise maker. And I love in this text where God is speaking to Joshua about how he wants to hold on to the promise that he made to Moses about the Israelites. So when you look at the attribute of what God is like, when you think about who God is, you can know God is a promise maker. God looks at his covenant people and he makes promises. We read that there's promises he makes to Moses. Right here in this text, we read some promises to Joshua. Oh, the encouragement if you're about to step into a massive leadership role and God's saying to you, I'm going to give you the land. That's a big, that's, that's, that's a big promise to get from the beginning. Whew, all right, then. God's saying, 
I've got a role that I want you to play, but you got to know I'm at work already. It's ultimately me. So it's the same with us. So we say, hey, God, we're just going to hold on. It's God at work. We just got to do our parts. I just got to play the role that you have for me. Then he looks out at me and says, I will be with you. Best news. And as you walk through, even whatever you're walking through, one of the best biblical ideas for you to know from the scriptures is that God is with you. He wants to be right, right in every decision, every challenging moment, every heartache, every relational breakdown. God, it is, it is good news. God is not absent. However, I love this phrase that you could say. There's multiple promises even in this text. I'm just highlighting a few. But then he says, and I won't leave you or forsake you. Now, I think that's encouraging because for him to say, I'll be with you and I won't leave you or forsake you, kind of an add-on promise in addition to that one, is kind of like the logical thought process is it must be that it's going to be a challenging time. That maybe I've wondered, has God left me? Like he made the promise to be with me, but is he, st- is he still with us? Where you're driving in your car and you've taken that step of faith and your child is screaming in the back and it's hard to make the car payment and you look at your spouse and go, he's still with us, right? Or everything is going well for you in all areas of your life. You feel like you're prospering in every area, but you're wondering if, the, if, if God's close and you're saying, is he still with me? And here's God, the promise maker. And he says to Joshua, imagine the encouragement for Joshua as he goes through different battles, as he's got trumpets blaring and walking around a wall. And hey, he promised us this land. He promised to be with us and he promised he wouldn't leave us wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, for you to have meditated on and verbalizing the promises of God, it'll give you the fuel to persevere as you go through difficulties, as you go through good days and bad. If you can get the promises of God on your lips, you'll start to see God working powerfully. I want to encourage you this. He's the promise maker and he's a promise keeper. Like I know my temptation, maybe yours, is hear the word promise keeper. I already have associated in my mind the men's ministry from the 90s, right? Like that's, you say, you say promise, promise keeper. I think of seven promises of a promise keeper. I, I was here in 1996. I was at Arrowhead and uh, man, incredible men's ministry from the 90s. All right. And I want to build on that and take back that word for it to become in your mind an attribute of the God that you worship. He's the promise keeper keeper. He's the ultimate promise keeper. He makes promises in his word. And if you've meditated on those promises, if you can kind of file through and know them, one of the areas you can hang on to is that he keeps his promises. And so there's many promises in the scriptures. There's many promises that if you'll know them and hold on to them, you'll have hope you'll have encouragement. You'll find yourself discouraged less often because you're holding on to the promises of God. You're holding on to what he said. Uh, I think for many of us, we don't see God fully as a promise keeper 
because we have a lens by which we've see, we put onto God what we've seen in others. So there's a politician that was a promise breaker. There was a parent that was a promise breaker. There was a friend that was a promise breaker. Maybe there was a pastor that was a promise breaker. Maybe there was someone that you trusted in ministry, promise breaker. And out of the pain of all the promise breakers, you've started to have accusation in your heart towards, well, maybe God doesn't keep his promises. We can't trust anybody else. Maybe God I can't trust too. And I want to just squash all that and say, those people that have broken their promises are not consistent with the character of God who keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. We sing the song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. And so today, as you think through, okay, I'm going to change the way that I live my life based upon the promises of God. So there is a way that American culture will tell you, and when you study it out and you live 24-7 with radio news, internet news, or news in your car, there is a way, there is an ideology that is constantly coming through. And to actually create where that gets shut out, and what I tune into is meditating on and on the lips is the way it says in Joshua 1 on the people of God. It's a different way of living your life. And it's a way that will produce hope. It's a way that will produce life, but it is countercultural. And here's God looking at Joshua, making promises. And I want to invite you to be people that know the God who makes his promises, know God who keeps his promises, and then you hold on to them. And when you hold on to those promises, for Joshua, he could be walking in and through battles. Your battles look different. You don't look quite like, you know, carrying swords and trumpets and in a battle, but you're facing battles. And those battles that you're facing, if you have the promises of God in your heart, in your mind, and on your lips, you'll watch yourself more encouraged rather than discouraged as you go through the battle that you're walking through. You'll find yourself living differently and able to step into a different way of behavior, a different way of hope, a different way of expectation of God. But many of us haven't held on to these, I'm going to call them hope handles, you know, like, okay, I can, I can hold on to the promises of God. When I was in um, high school, uh, we had a thing called Beach Weekend, and I don't know if they do that anymore, but in the 90s, it rocked, and uh, <laughs> it was like my favorite weekend of the year, and uh, I was a part of the crew that put Beach Weekend together. So um, it was late August, um, Oklahoma City, and me and my buddies, um, we spent literally, I think, three days getting all the, the, the beach volleyball courts just right. And um, one of my friends named Brian, he had a pickup truck, and uh, everybody in Oklahoma had a pickup truck. And, um, and one, not everybody, but some. And I remember uh, one day, um, I was sitting in the back of this pickup truck, and I had just uh, gotten uh, a burger and a Coke, and, uh, and, and I'm sitting in the back of his pickup. It's, it's full of shovels. We're going to go just work on the, the volleyball uh, court, and, um, and he just decides to, you know, 16-year-olds, he's a 16-year-old driver. I'm a 16-year-old kid in the back. Your brain's not fully formed yet. You do crazy things, and um, he, he decided that it'd be really funny to uh, just go ahead and kind of do some whiplash type things in the parking lot of the high school. Um, so I'm seated uh, in the back, 
and I'm holding on, and I had in my left hand a Coke, uh, and in the right hand I had a burger, and it was from my favorite place called Brahms, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and, um, and, and, and my friend Brian whips the, like this, and then you have this instant decision to make, and I think when you're 16 and you're a preacher's kid that doesn't get, you know, food from a restaurant very often, and you really want that burger, um, and you got a mullet, and it's hot. You just don't fully know which decision to make. At least I'd like to give myself that excuse, because in that moment, I had a split-second decision to make, and instead of letting go of the burger and the Coke and holding on to the pickup, I held on to the burger at all costs, baby. Held on to that Coke, and I landed on my back, slid across the pavement, bam, hit the curb, had some gravel in my back, my back started to bleed a little bit, brace face smile, because I held on to that burger, baby. And I gave up my back, but I kept the burger, right? But you and I know I held on to the wrong thing, right? Like by virtue of holding on to the burger, I wouldn't hold on to the pickup. And I just think that for many of us, when we have a culture that's telling us all the wrong things to hold on to, there's a whole lot of pain because we're not holding on to what God's called us to hold on to. So the promises of God that are yes and amen, that are written in the scriptures, you think of that as for another time, another generation, a different kind of person other than you. But those promises are for you. Those promises are for now. And when those promises go deep inside of your heart, get deep into your brain, and you look to your God, your God is the promise maker, and you hold in your hands or on your screen the word of God, and you've got the ability to meditate on it, to know it, to pray it, and to go back to God and say, all right, God, all of your promises are yes and amen, and I'm going to hold on. I think you can turn these, as you read the scriptures, turn it into conversation with God and hold on to these promises. And I want to invite you to go into your battle. I want to invite you to go into your journey, go into whatever you're facing and not go alone. Go with the promises of God and go with this. He is my God. He's made me a promise and we're able to say it. And there's hundreds of promises in the scriptures. You get to know the word of God and you'll get to know more of what God is like. Your relationship with God will begin to flourish. And you look here and, and, and I, I look at the way that God speaks to Joshua here. And I think about even the practical things that he tells Joshua to do. And I was just thinking that if each one of us even did those practical things, how much we would step into more of what God has for each one of us. Like this first one is he actually tells Joshua, lead. Just one word, lead. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. Imagine if you're Joshua and you're... Yeah, I mean, you've had a long journey. <laughs> I mean, when we read through Exodus and we read, I mean, you read, you read the narratives of the, the Israelite people. Joshua's a key player. And, and Joshua's had a lot of different roles. I think for many of us, I think for many of us, there, it might be possible that God's invited you to lead, but you've gotten comfortable doing something else. Yeah, so good. It's, it's too much work to lead. Have you ever tried working with people? They drive me crazy. I'm not a leader. I'm not saying I say that, by the way. Uh-huh. But I think for many of us, we just go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop in a stage where I'm comfortable. 
I, I kind of like this little niche right here. And so I was looking at Joshua, and Joshua's had a lot of different roles. There's, there's a great moment, Exodus 33, when we worked through uh, Exodus in that uh, series. I loved Exodus 33 because there was one phrase in verse 11 where it says, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent or the tabernacle. So Joshua, the servant of Moses, that's it. The servant of Moses, he would not leave the tent. So he had a season where it was servant Joshua. And, 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 and he's young and he's a servant to Moses. I mean, that's a cool moment. Maybe you get to a moment like that where you're like, hey, I don't want to go lead these people. I'm the servant in the tabernacle. That's what I do. I was made for that. I'll serve anywhere. Actually, I'll serve right here where I want to serve. Right? I like that spot. Could have been, hey, I'm going to hang here. As, I'm servant Joshua right here. Or we read two weeks ago that story in Numbers 13 and 14 where he's, the, he's spy Joshua. He goes into the land. This kind of feels kind of masculine. Well, so, yeah, I'm a spy. You know, it feels like a movie. Like, I'm going to go in. I'll spy out the land. I came back. Don't you remember God? Don't you remember Moses? Everybody else gave the bad report. I gave the good report. I had confidence. I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not just a good servant. I'm a good spy. Maybe, maybe comfortable right there. Maybe comfortable. I love the story in Exodus 17 where he's fighting the Amalekites. It's a powerful story because Moses is up on the side of the hill. And Aaron and her are holding up Moses' hands. And yet Joshua is in the battle. And Joshua is fighting against the Amalekites. Moses' hands go up. Armies of God begin to win. And Joshua in the text is the soldier. He's the one leading the charge. He's fighting the Amalekites. That, now that's good service to the Lord. That's amazing. I just wonder when I read, don't be discouraged. When I read, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. If it's just not possible that maybe, maybe Joshua's going, I've led in a lot of different ways and now I got to step into this role? It's a big role. I think for many of us, because we live in a culture that says it's all about you, it's easy for us just to say, God, I'll, I'll carve out my niche. I'll, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do what I want to do and even get some success in that area, and then I'll stop. But I want to invite you to ask God. And if God's calling you to lead the whole people, don't stop on servant. Don't stop on spy. Don't stop on soldier. Go all the way. Whatever. My life is yours, God. That confession of that last song that we just sang, I mean, I'll preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. It's the essence of saying, this is not about me. This is all about Jesus. Yeah. We declare, I'll preach the gospel, die and be forgotten, as long as you get the glory. But that's, I guess, that's the opposite of what I hear on the radio. I was at a coffee shop this week. I couldn't believe the lyrics I was reading. Reading? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well, hearing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, just the, the essence of it's all about me. And I want to invite you, though, to ask God, God, what does it look like for me today? What, is, what have you called me to do? I, I want to be like Joshua, where I'm, where I'm communing, talking with God. And God, whatever you have for me, it's yes. God, whatever, whatever you say, I'm listening. 
I'm having enough dialogue with God where I'm listening. I have a relationship with Jesus that's real. It's happening. And I want to invite you to do exactly whatever the Lord says. So it's not church programming. It's not programming uh, at your work or a book that you've read um, or something that you, uh, some Christian documentary that shows up on Netflix somebody else's agenda for your life. But for you to have such a vibrant relationship with God that you hear his voice, you study his word, you meditate on it, and you have the ability to say, this is how the Lord is leading me. And you, you watch as God leads his people and we're more and more transformed into his image, which that's another promise, by the way. We're, we're, he's the one that, it, when 1 Thessalonians 5, it says that he, he's the one that sanctifies us through and through. He alone will do the work. He's promised. He's going he's gonna to sanctify you. He's going to get you more and more looking like him. As you continue to walk with him and grow in maturity, he's going to continue to stretch that flesh so that you continue to be transformed into him, his image, so that you continue to lay your life down. So it's less and less about me. It's more and more about others. It's more and more about laying my life down. Then he tells him, Number one, lead these people. Then he tells them to obey. Look at this. And there's a lot in this text. I'm just highlighting a few, but it says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Great moment for us to say, all right, God, what, what percentage have I withheld? What fraction of my life have I not been obedient? I want to obey all that you have, everything. And then he says, meditate. And I want to highlight that today. Meditate on. What would happen if the promises of God, the word of God, was a part of your normal thinking, meditating? It's a pastor friend. And uh, when he speaks, he's just got the Bible flowing from him. And uh, I remember, especially when I was younger, I would listen to him because I loved the way that I could just, I could connect scripture to ideas because it just was flowing. And he said, when he was in high school, in college, his junior and senior year of high school, and then his years in, in his undergrad, he spent those years working, uh, stocking groceries at a grocery store during the night. And so he talked about his school life, and then his um, study life, and then working late at night into the early morning, sometimes through the night, stocking groceries, but that he kept in his pocket one of those Gideon Bibles that you could fit in your pocket and that for years he would read one little phrase, one verse, put it back in his pocket and meditate on it, think on it and pray it and memorize it and then ask God how he could apply it. And then he'd go from the beans to the corn and get another verse, you know, and have something and then go from, you know, that to the pork and beans, you know, and a different verse, and he was meditating on it, praying on it, thinking about it. And when you meditate on the promises of God to where they're in you, where you think about it, it rewires you to actually look at the way you look at your life differently, where you hold on to promises. And other people think, that's a little bit crazy. Are you, are you really all there? But here's what's going on. You're you're, you're being rewired to heaven, you're rewired to the word of God, rewired towards God, I'm believing. And Joshua had to have this. 
You're really gonna go fight a battle where you just walk around a walled city, a fortified city and blow a trumpet? Like, it's a different way of thinking. It's called obedience. It's called believing the promises. It's called meditating on it day and night and getting it in me. And I think when you get some of those, I, I mean, there's hundreds of promises. I just want to give you a few of them because if you can turn the promises of God into conversation with God, number one, God promises to reward the seeker. Hebrews eleven six. just some famous ones. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So you could take that verse and say, all right, God, you're a rewarder of those who seek you. All right, so I'm going to seek. I'm coming after you and know that there's spiritual rewards. Isaiah 40, 31, you can go, God promises to renew strength to those who wait on him. I'm going to wait on you and you're going to grant greater strength. God reward, third one, God promises to lead those who submit to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your understanding and all your ways submit or acknowledge my life is yours and he'll lead me. He'll make my path straight. God, you're, you can be the leader. This isn't a guessing game. God promises to help you out when you're tempted. First Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is overtaking you except that what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So you face that temptation. You have a God that says he'll make a promise to you. He'll provide a way out. Here's your role. God, you're faithful. The promises of God become the script of your life. Most of us tend to make ourselves the main character and God is the supporting cast. Christianity is you're the main character. I'm the supporting cast. Have your way. How do these promises go? Because all your promises are yes and amen. I'll rearrange my life because it's his story. This is your story, God. And I'm just going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to say yes. My dream is that you would hold on to these. And I'm not, I'm not claiming that these promises, there's hundreds of them, are magical. It's not magical. It's not, uh, it's not a formula, but it is relational. It is a God that loves, delights in his children. And you come to him, and you've, you're holding on to the promises of God. Your word says, God, I'm taking your word, and I'm bringing it to you. And you watch. God loves to keep his promises. You watch. He is a promise keeper. I was thinking about a father or a mother. You actually delight in keeping the promises to your children, Right? Like sometimes I think we imagine, okay, God, here's the promises I read in the scripture, and God's like, yeah. all right, withholding, I guess. But you look at the heart of a father or mother that makes a promise to their children, and it's their delight to keep their promise. It's your father's too. And in 2019, there's a church in South Florida that invited me to come speak at their church. And my son, Justice, is like, was nine. And he loves all things, theme parks and roller coasters. Like, it's his love language. If Gary Chapman writes another book, it's the sixth love language. Like, that's, sorry, that was a preacher joke. Uh, and, and so I was really excited to tell Justice that I was going to take him with me to go to South Florida to preach at this church. And I told him that I would take him to Disney World. 
And then 2020 hit and it, everything canceled and we canceled the, uh, the conference I was going to speak at and the church I was going to speak at and it just ended. And I felt this just like, like I'm, this ache. And I was like, told Renata, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way. I'm going to take just. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, keep that promise. And then my delight to win rescheduled in 21, July of 2021. Oh, the delight to just walk in. Mm. I mean, we, we hit, there was no, this time it was just me and just, there was no Disney princesses, much to his delight. <laughs> much to his mom, who, when he was little, wanted him to go take a nap on the day that we bought tickets for Disney. Not this time, baby. This was he and I getting there early. This was he and I only doing roller coasters. We ain't got time to eat. Let's go. We, we, we're going to do every, we're going to, and there's such delight for me to keep that promise to my kid, even if it's a delayed promise. I just want to encourage you. You have a father. He delights in keeping his promises. And Joshua would never look at God and say, you're not good. You're not a promise keeper. I think there's moments where he'd look at the wall coming down and go, aye, 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 you are God. You keep promises. You are helping us win battle after battle. Miracle worker, promise keeper. Yeah, he doesn't know that song, but he should. I just want to invite you, whatever you're walking through, Whatever battle seems overwhelming, he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He is with you. Don't quit. The God of Joshua is yours too. You bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Father, we look at this journey that we're going on together as a church. And Father, we as Radiant Church, we thank you here and at work in ways we can't even understand. We haven't even comprehended walls falling down or how you're going to do it. But we know you're at work and we'll give our yes. We'll obey. Whatever you have for us. Father, I lift up each person that feels potentially discouraged today. And I pray Lord God, that she would come be their ever-present help in this moment. Comfort the weary, the discouraged. Comfort the ones that feel like the obstacle they are facing is overwhelming. And I pray that the God who gives supernatural strength to the weary, the God who gives supernatural strength to the fearful, the God who breaks in, would you do it in their lives? Have your way. If you just keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know where you're at with Jesus today, whether you're online or in the room. Maybe though, you want to respond to a promise that he made. 
Scripture says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You might be so far from God today, but the promise maker, the promise keeper, he's got a promise of heaven for you based upon what Jesus did on the cross for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, that whosoever, that's, you say yes, that's you, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish as a promise, but have everlasting life. That's a promise. Oh, the promises of God. There's a promise of eternal life connected to your saying yes, your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says that you can have eternal life, not based upon your deeds or your works, but based upon your faith in Christ Jesus. So today, if you want that gift of eternal life in Christ, I want to invite you to say yes to God. Say, you can have my life and he'll give you his. He'll give you eternal life. That's you pray this prayer with me and begin that journey. This isn't all that you say to God, but this is a great way to get started. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me. Give me new life in Christ. I surrender to you. I don't want to go my way. I want to go your way. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.